Thursday night, episode 313 of Top Rope Nation. Ryan Drosty, Jesse Velasquez, Justin Joint here to talk about everything going on in pro wrestling. We're going to talk a little Hollywood. We're going to talk television ratings. We're going to talk social media outbursts and a whole lot more. And one guy who you will not find on social media, maybe the smartest one in the group. Well, I mean, he's on there, but he doesn't say much. Justin Joint, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty darn good. It feels like it's been a long time since we've we've potted together. So I, I'm I'm excited for this. There's the the pro wrestling world has certainly left us with a you know a little bit to talk about. I would say so, definitely. When was the last show we did? Was that the Wrestle Dream post show? Trying to All remember. three of us, yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, yes, it was. So nine days. It's been nine days. You know, we kind of debated. If we were going to do something for fast lane, didn't end up doing that. We can touch on it during this show. If there is demand, if there's not demand, we're just going to breeze right through that. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably talk about what the poll response was to it, at least over on our Twitter X page. And it, it uh, should, it, we just, it should be noted real quickly that, you know, Ryan Drosty down for the count kicked out at two, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know, Two in 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 point nine 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 nine. He kicked out and joined us on the pod. I yes, I was not going to do the show tonight until the last second because I am getting what all three of my kids have had for the whole week. I, mean, I thought I was almost through it, and then I wake up this morning and I've got the feeling of knives in the back of my throat. You know, when you're starting to come down with it. Yep. And I'm like, I should probably rest my voice. And then we were talking about what was going to be on the agenda tonight, a fairly tight show. And I'm like, okay, I can do it. I got, <laughs> I got two people on the line with me. I don't have to That's talk right. all the time. So I'm here. <laughs> uh, I, I did not go beer for this show, though. Understandable. Um, Understandable. I did. I do have a drink. Oh. It's kind of along the Justin joint lines because it's the gin and tonic. Yes. So keep tonic it clear. Water. Keep it clear yeah. when you think you're getting sick. I had that ringing in my ear. You've said that before. I'm like, this would be a good one. I got to have something. That's tradition. What's in the glass? The listeners like to hear. So Justin, what do you have in the glass? Um, so I visited my cousin a few weeks ago uh, on my birthday. And uh, they, him and his wife bought me a bottle of Evan Williams. Uh, what is it called here? Evan Williams bottled in bond. It is, it's only like a $20 uh bourbon so it's mm -hmm. cheap but for twenty dollars it's, it's actually not bad at all i mean it's got a lot more bite than you know other stuff that i would normally drink has but it, you know it's got some flavor to it and it does the job so that's what that i'm one, drinking tonight Evan Williams. that one is always on if you're like a super big nerd like me and you watch the bourbon <laughs> youtube channels that one's always on the list of like top five bourbons to just stock in your bar all the time. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. I can see. I mean, there. I can see why for for a twenty dollar price point. I mean, it is it is very solid. Yeah. What's going on with you, Jesse? What do you got in the glass? How's your week going? I apparently need to like get a hold of you, Ryan, for some bourbon tips. <laughs> Evidently, I don't really know where to go from here. And also, it sounds like you got a you caught a pile driver on the apron. You caught a power bomb out in the outside through a table and a muscle buster, and you still kicked out a two point nine. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed. That's right. That's world championship material right there, folks. So got to come through in the clutch. It's I'm going hard. a little different tonight because I have to get up super early in the morning. I'm going with a North Vibes THC and CBD drink, which Ooh. probably means if I'm laughing more than usual, you will know why. And then I have one more thing to say to channel our old TRN co-host. Lexus King! <laughs> oh no that's real bad uh, i've got some thoughts on that later <laughs> i mean it, at least it's not as bad as his new look true well debatable maybe but yeah, i would agree, I, I, I I would agree. 
Almost got Roman Reigns-like veneers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, you're seeing the name scrolling across the bottom here on the video feed. That is our beautiful patrons. A new patron this week. Shout out to our friend Zach Haydorn. Brass Ring Media joined up on the Top Rope Nation Patreon. So shout out Zach. We will be having Zach on the show, I think, probably relatively soon. Stay tuned for that for an official announcement. But we're looking forward to getting Zach back on. He's been on the show many, many times before, and, and that is going to be going down soon. And uh, yeah, if you want to get bonus content, join the Patreon page. Link here in the description. All kinds of stuff coming up. Top Rope Nation Unplugged from Jesse. A new edition of Top Rope Nation Classics here at the end of the month. 110 bonus shows at your fingertips the minute you sign up. And uh, really easy to find those bonus shows now because Patreon just did a new redesign. So everything is divided into like collections. You can find all the classics episodes, all the extra episodes, all the unplugged. It's all right there for you. So check it out. And if you want to support the show as we go tonight, I would say if you're watching on YouTube, Super Chats are open. We have not used Super Chats much in the past. It'd be pretty cool to get a super chat, though, and put it up on the screen. And that's a good way to give us a little tip and get featured in the show as we go. We're off to a slightly hot start here on the right hand side. I'm loving life. <laughs> are, are, are the twins still in it? No, I'm, I'm being serious. I, I oh, you are. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got knocked out last night. It oh, was, shit. I'm uh, sorry. Man. Three to two. Hey, they won their first playoff series in 21 years. There we go. Proud was, yeah, I was there for game one. That was a lot of fun. So beer nerdness for you, Ryan. I had a bent paddle cold black or a cold press black. It's one of my favorites. They serve that on tap there. You mentioned that uh, that tap area that's in the corner. It's in the right field side. So, yes, got to see a playoff W for the first time since 2004. There's hope for the future with the Minnesota Twins. But, hey, to lose to an Astros team that has won or has gone to the ALCS seven consecutive times. And by the way, they've been in the American League for 10 years. Seven times they've been to the ALCS. I hate the Astros so much. Well, again, no, I asked if the Shout Twins to our were Houston listeners, where there are a few of them down there. It's absurd. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, no, I asked about the Twins because uh, I was about to say uh, Jenkinson had to go Phils, and I was about to say, you know, I'm all in on the Phils winning this, but I forgot about the Twins. But since they're knocked out, it, it is. I agree. Go Phillies. All right. Nice. I'm with you. Guys, Tuesday Night Wars this week. What did you think? I mean, a lot of chatter about this all week long. Who's going to win the ratings war? Um, two pretty good shows, I would say, from both promotions. I mean, certainly WWE really stacked their card. And uh, I mean, I guess they can celebrate the ratings victory, but I don't think that that was unexpected. I mean, yeah. they're airing in their typical time slot. They put, I mean, it was basically a WWE show, not an NXT show, given the names that were on there. I, I mean, I expected them to win. AEW is airing on a totally different night. They they hyped it as much as they could to get people to tune in a night earlier. They built up a really good card. But at the end of the day, when you don't air in your typical time slot, that's a huge disadvantage. We've seen that with SmackDown when they get preempted and they have to go to FS1 and they're airing on the same night at the same time. And they still always drop in viewership a lot. And so... I mean, it was going to be tough for AEW. There were some people out there that thought they might win. I never thought that they would they would win. I, I figured NXT would, especially when you you know you start throwing in those big names. Um, but the actual, I mean, like the results of the the night uh, we had AEW doing six hundred and nine thousand, uh, which was down. Right. I mean, it dep- They've been around eight fifty. They had a nine eighty four a few weeks back. So I mean, they were down a couple hundred thousand viewers. Uh, meanwhile, NXT did 921, which to me, the surprising thing was that was only up what 60 some thousand, 64,000 from where they were at last week. So despite having those major names, it wasn't a huge bump to their number. Um, thoughts on the night, Jesse. Do I go Dave Meltzer excuse computer on this and say that it was NHL opening night and there were two baseball playoff games going on? I mean, there's that too. That's gonna, I mean, it's going to hurt, hurt both of them. I think, I think it was more, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but definitely just if you look at this with clear eyes, obviously it was a lot of disadvantages for AEW coming in. 
Yes. I was actually shocked at 609. I seriously thought they were going to hit high sevens, low eights. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would say it was lower than I expected. But, I mean, given where they've been, yeah, 859. I probably would have guessed like, yeah, 750-ish maybe. So the same thing happened last year when Mm -hmm. they went head-to-head. It was, I believe it was this week, and AEW did 753, if I'm not mistaken. And NXT, I think, obviously, it was a lot lower. It's probably in the high fives or something. So, yeah, you expected numbers to be comparable to what happened last year. I'm just really, again, that's a 250,000 viewer drop from the week before, and all they did was move it back a day. I mean, NXT, though, they they have been doing better. Yes. I mean, they've, they've been throwing main roster talent down there because of television rights negotiations, and that's smart on their part. You know, they want to bump those numbers up for negotiation purposes. You know, that's why you see Becky down there. Um, but, if I mean, if you look at the last couple of months and the NXT numbers, I mean, they've been consistently, for the most part, 700,000, 800,000. I mean, they've been doing a lot better than they were a year ago. Dom Mysterio, we've, I think even a year and a half ago, we were clamoring for him to go back down to NXT. And then all of a sudden he gets hot on the WWE roster, but we forget he's kind of a mediocre performer. So Mm -hmm. now you give him the excuse to go back down there. And he's been drawing some pretty solid numbers and him and Becky Lynch have been kind of the stalwarts. So, but to load up the rest of that card, the way that it was, it, I actually was impressed by the night, to be honest with you. NXT did a good job. It For me, it was kind of AEW light when it came to like in-ringing action. I was impressed with the performers. It was a touch slower, I would say. I enjoyed the six-man. I liked the the breakouts women's match. I The Ilya Dragunov-Dom match was fine. I think Ilya carried him. Ilya is fantastic in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then... Mini Gunther. Pretty much... I mean, mini, mini Gunther. Yeah. But the crowd reactions, the loudest ones on the night by far were for Cody Rhodes and LA Knight. So what, what does that really tell you about NXT's product? I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're still, they're into stars. The guys yeah. above. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it was kind of a win for both shows. Um, they, they both leaned into, I think, what would satisfy their diehard fans. You know, what would make them happy? You had some just amazing in-ring work on AEW side with, you know, with Danielson and Swerve and Hangman and Switchblade. And uh, for NXT, you know, they brought in the big guns. Uh, now, to me, I, I think anybody who listens to this show knows I'm, I'm not a big WWE and especially not a big NXT fan. Uh, so that's not really going to do much for me. And I just can't help but think, but if they brought in any casuals by having Cena and Cody Rhodes and LA Knight and Undertaker on this show, you know, what if they tune in, you know, next week or the week after, and maybe they bring back one of these guys, you know, it's not, it's not going to be the same show that NXT uh, viewers saw this week that I think they're going to see going forward or what they'd been seeing. Granted, and you pointed out, you know, they have Becky Lynch, they have Dom, they have been bringing a, uh, quote unquote, down main roster superstars uh, to kind of strengthen the show. But, you know, they put on a show that I think their fans were going to love and AEW did the same thing. Uh, full disclosure, I had every intention of watching NXT because I was excited for this, this showdown. Uh, heard the reviews you know, saw the results and I was like, that ain't for me. Now, granted, I I had last night free. I could have watched it. I instead hopped on Netflix and watched a documentary called, uh, uh, what was it? The the Saint of Second Chances, which I highly recommend Hmm. uh, uh, about the White Sox son's owner who did, whose idea was for the disco disaster. Uh, Yeah. He he eventually ended up in St. Paul, your neck of the woods there, Jesse. I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Also, while we're here with Netflix docs, uh, the David Beckham one is really good. doesn't strike me as the, the, uh, brightest bulb, but, uh, he seems to be a man of principles and 
too long, like most Netflix docs, but I highly recommend it. Sorry well, for kind of going to sign. I, know, I think that gave like me it. a great idea, Justin. Maybe at the next WWE press scrum, Steve Fall can ask if uh, Mr. Beckham could make uh, an appearance in WWE. Maybe <laughs> wrestle we Roman Reigns. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Use that press time. He's not a big enough star. <laughs> He's over the hill. <laughs> and maybe he would fit right in with WWE. Oh, there we go. <sighs> to me, to me, the the most frustrating thing about all this was, of course, the bad faith actors on yeah. social media. And and Justin, you don't post a lot, but I know you you look at it a lot because yeah. of our DMs. And I mean, some of these people just enjoy wrestling. Mm-hmm. Quit being so tribalistic. These people are like, oh, yeah, WWE, NXT stumped AEW. It's like, dude, <laughs> John Cena and The Undertaker on the show. They're, NXT got stomped by AEW for how many months straight? It's why, I mean, they're not on Wednesday night anymore. So, I mean, just total bad faith. This was not unexpected. Yeah, they won the night. Congratulations. Both companies had a good night. That's what we want to see. It's better when you have two good promotions you don't have to disparage the the other promotion like that it's just it's so silly but at the end of the day we all lived through the 90s that's nothing new to us either Mm -hmm. so you know whatever people people are going to do what they want to do speaking of getting stomped how about uh undertaker stomping ron breaker like what was it a week or two weeks after the dude got beat by baron corbin what the fuck (laughs) are they doing there I was just going to talk about Baron Corbin and how he was featured and he's getting a number one contender shot next week with Dijak and who is the third? The rematch is Carmelo Hayes, I believe. Yeah, Carmelo Mm -hmm. Hayes, which Mm -hmm. the Hayes-Breaker match was good. There is a lot of talent in NXT. They're starting to kind of hybrid the really bad NXT and the really good NXT so you're starting to see a little higher profile stuff. There's good wrestling on there now again. But again, to me, it's just AEW light. They seem like they're like a step or two behind in the in-ring work because the, the six-man match, which I again, I enjoyed, had Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, and then the other side was Gallus. I mean, that's something that in NXT UK we were loving. But mm-hmm. to me, if you threw it in the middle of an AEW card, it would just look a little bit, a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still the same issue, though. I, they can say it's not developmental all they want, or they'll say it's developmental when they lose the night. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it is developmental. Its purpose is still to push talent to the bigger brands where they can make more money. And that's it's still the issue with NXT is they have not been able to parlay enough talent to Raw and SmackDown to last as main eventers, at least. They, they, they haven't had that track record. And I don't really see anything down there right now that's going to change that. They, they have a lot of talent, but they've always had a lot of talent. And the issue has been bringing them up, sticking. I mean, you just mentioned some names, Jesse, who have been on the main roster and they didn't do anything. So they're back. You know, you want those guys to stick and the, those ladies to stick on the main roster. They've done a better job with the women. After the Oscar Roxanne Perez match, by the way, which was very short, I felt it was okay. It 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 could have been better. Shotzi gets in the ring and beats up Kiana James, who's one of their their younger talents. And I'm like, we're bringing someone back down to this. Just is not a good look for me because of how Shotzi's been portrayed in the main roster. It's just not good at all. Yeah, I mean, questionable looking. You you would think with this you know big show with Cena and Undertaker there they they would take advantage of that by building up the stars that are on the show every week instead of you know cutting the you know cutting them out from underneath them like with Braun Breaker you know I, I just I I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere somebody brought up like imagine mid nineties HBK or or Triple H you know letting some retired guy beat them up on a, on a, on a big show. Just, it wouldn't happen. But now here they are booking that exact same scenario. And Lexus King (laughs) not doing it for you guys. No. Do I dare get into this? I, I have to. So I actually thought the promo was really good. Agree. Until he said, and I quote, Pillman, like, I'm going to be 
I'm taking the last name of the real man in my life, the real man who raised me. Now, if I recall Dark Side of the Ring, Brian Pillman Jr. said himself that he experienced physical and mental abuse from his stepfather to the point where dogs were trained to keep him in his room and attack if necessary. And you're going to glorify this guy? That sounds like a Vince McMahon booked segment if I've ever seen one. I'm speechless. I, I have no That's idea what to say. Right there. It's perfect. Just I don't. I just don't understand it. It's mind-boggling. One of the all-time bad name changes, and, and I don't even mind that they're giving him a new name. To I mean, he he does kind of need a, a clean slate because I think, like a lot of us, we had high hopes for him just because of how much we loved his dad, and you know, it seemed like he he was on the right. Trajectory, especially when they had the big uh, show in Cincinnati, you know, where he was wrestling MJF. But it just kind of fell apart after that. It didn't seem like he was making big strides in the ring or outside with promos. So Mm -mm. I'm okay with the name change, but Jesus, this is a bad one. I mean, this is this is your the epitome of a bad NXT name. I'm actually not okay with the name change. I'll go contrarian here because to me. That's the top thing he has going for him. True. It's his name. And yeah, the clean slate thing makes sense. But like you said, Justin, his ring work has not been super impressive. His character work has not been super impressive. This was a decent promo, like Jesse said, until you get to the end. Totally nonsensical name change. At least they they did lean into who he actually is. And you know, you know that he's Brian Pillman's son, but for anyone that tunes in like a few months from now, are they going to know that? And if they don't know that, are they even going to be interested? I feel like it makes it even harder for the guy who I think he needs that connection. I mean, we, we have seen people change their names who come from famous families and do. Okay. Of course, Dwayne Johnson, but at the same time, like when, when he came in, you didn't know what he was going to become at the time, of course, but they did talk about how he was blending the, the names of his dad and his grandfather uh, but like Rocky Johnson wasn't this guy who in the nineties had this great track record and people were talking about, Oh man, you remember yeah. Rocky Johnson? People still talk about Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. He has that cult following still. And so I feel like you should lean into that because it's one of the best things he has is his name. He wouldn't be there without his name. If we're honest, do you guys think he'd be an XT if he wasn't Brian Pillman's kid? I don't want to be too hard on the guy, but I don't not from what we saw in NXT. I agree. I, I agree I with that, that statement. I agree with what we've seen in AEW. He would not be in NXT. Yeah, in AEW. Yeah. So I I respect he's trying to get maybe maybe they're looking at it as getting out from his father's shadow to do his own thing. I just I would rather have him leaning into that connection, to be honest with you, because without it, I'm just not that interested in him. With the way wrestling news travels, it's going to, within a month, if he isn't doing very well, they're going to shit on him and he's going to be forgotten. And by the way, Randy Savage, I mean, Angelo yeah. Pafo, Lanny Pafo. So that's that, that's a great example of a great of a name change. Braun Breaker. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want to be associated with the father and that would make sense. Guys, I, I know we're trying to keep this tight. Uh if you don't have anything else on NXT, I would like to jump over to Dynamite, if that's okay. I've got a, at least a couple things I, I'm really curious to hear your guys' opinion on. Yes. Go. Go. Uh, number one, and I know Jesse is kind of with me here. Uh, I loved what they did with Tony Storm. If only the idea of it, I think the the execution of it uh, was... I don't, I don't want to say it wasn't good and I don't want to say it was good. It was fine. But what it did do is it made me watch in the picture and picture during the commercials. It had my eyeballs, which I can't say that for any other segment they've ever had. And it was for multiple segments in the show, which I think was a very good thing. Mm. I liked it. I mean, I didn't think it was as great as I saw some people say on Twitter. It was fine, but it was at least something interesting to try. It leans into Mm -hmm. her character, and I agree. I watched the whole thing, so I liked it in that regard. Yeah, hilarious. Tapped into the 40s and 50s silent film stuff. It was awesome. Okay. Uh, To me, kind of the big one, and I'm, I'm, I'm torn on it, the quarters. To me... 
I think during any other time, I would not have any problem with it. You know, if it's one of those things where it's like, if, if MJF is okay with it, I'm okay with it. It, the story is about, you know, him being bullied in the past and, you know, he's obviously going to overcome that. And so I'm, I'm fine with it in that regards, but considering what's going on in the world right now, it, it seems like it's in very poor taste. I'd say (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty, pretty fucking tone deaf, Justin, not fucking good. Uh, I, I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how that gets on TV. I mean, this, this is one of those things where we've talked about AEW wrestlers having freedom and it's usually a good thing, but maybe you need some oversight. And if there was oversight, somebody really dropped the ball here. You you can't do that. Well, that's not this week. And I've seen people bring up, it's like, well, Juice used it in New Japan. He used quarters mm-hmm. to win matches, but it's like, okay, great. But MJF told the story about, you know, the bullies who picked on through, you know, rolls of quarters at him. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's obviously about, you know, him being Jewish. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you can get around that. Yeah. Why is this the first time that it's being brought up? And it wasn't never brought up on AEW TV that Juice Robinson used the quarters in New Japan. So why would you introduce it in this way? It's just because as soon as like he said that, and I think the worst part about the promo was the role of quarters said Friedman on it. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I just sat there in silence. The crowd sat there in silence. I go, well, if social media isn't going to melt down enough over the next 24 hours and hadn't the 24 hours prior, they're going to go nuclear right now. And sure enough, they did. And for the right reasons, too. I'm going to. Commentary I'm just, was apologizing for it immediately. Who was? I missed it. Commentary was. I think it was. Oh, was it, shit. Was it Taz right away? I can't remember who it was. Um, I can't remember. If it, maybe Excalibur. But so, someone like immediately was. Right, right. Oh, oh, no, that's, you know, he wants to knock him out with the quarters, and they were, they're trying to get away from it right away. Mm. MJF also, he's speaking, if he hasn't already, at Gillette Stadium today slash yes. tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Kraft is running. I know he's really big with the anti-Semitism projects and has donated a ton of money. So MJF, I know. I, I actually would be interested in hearing the speech. Yeah. Just tough. Not, not a good look. Yeah. Um, the finishes to Danielson and Swerve and Hangman and Switchblade. I didn't mind it. I mean, they gave us pay-per-view quality matches up until the finish. And I feel like with the direction things are going, the right guys won. Like I've said before, I, I'm not interested in seeing Swerve with the TNT title, considering that that is been solidified for the most part as a, as a mid card title. Whereas like if Danielson gets a hold of that thing, you know, he immediately, uh, heightens its, its, its reputation. And, you know, when he first came in, uh, Meltzer brought it up. I know Kyle was a big fan of the idea of give that title to Danielson, let him make it like how the intercontinental championship Mm -hmm. used to be the workers title. Uh, so I, I love the idea of that. I, do, I honestly don't think Swerve is hurt by having another loss. I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. he had a super competitive match with arguably the greatest wrestler in the world. He, he's, he's on the way up. I don't know how you can argue against that. Yeah. The similarities to, we talked about it on classics with 1986 matches ending in DQs to protect people. You have to change the finishes now in 2023, specifically in AEW who doesn't have DQs to have a little bit of a screwy finish. So it did make sense in these stories to keep Swerve as well as Hangman Page looking good, even in defeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turn it into a show long angle. I'm, I was, I was totally fine. They really didn't play into the history of Jay White and Hangman Page too much, which I actually enjoy Jay White. Like one of the first things he said after the match when he cut on the promo was, yeah, by the way, I'm 3-0 against Hangman. Oh, I missed that. Okay. You know, that's, you know, it's funny. I've never been a big fan of Jay White. You know, he always felt New Japan like he was really only pushed because they lost Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. His in-ring work was fine. 
but I mean, he is really, really growing on me these past like six months. I mean, everything except for the, the, the gross cotton mouth spittle thing he seems to have going on in every single one of his matches that that's fucking disgusting. And this is coming from a guy who loves sweat. So I don't, you know, I don't know if that <laughs> tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as like a couple of months after he became the leader of the Bullet Club was when I really started to change my views on him. That's when like he went into full heel mode. And like I alluded to last podcast, one of the top heels in the world. And now he's finally getting to show some of the things that made him so great over there. So I'm definitely all for it. You know, and I think maybe that's why this whole quarters thing is, is such a bummer. Because I've been I just have been fucking loving Bullet Club gold. Like that entire faction might be the best faction in all of wrestling right now. Yeah. They're making me flip my stance on juice Robinson. How could they? Love it. Although with this last incident, maybe I can be mm-hmm. flipping back. Yeah. yeah. What'd you guys think of the women's title change? Well, all right, I'll be quick. It's, that Tony Storm Sheeta turn or the championship match should never have ended with Sheeta winning it. Tony Storm should have retained there. You could have had Soraya win at all in and then Sheeta win it here. Why didn't it go down like that? It just that just made Sheeta's second title reign to me very irrelevant. So I thought it was the right decision because good lord, I mean Soraya's only defended it, I think, one time. She's not the right woman to be holding it right now. I mean, she had she had the name value coming in, but she doesn't have the work rate. And she's pretty much been playing manager to Tony Storm and Ruby Soho before this, before all of a sudden they're like, oh, we'll throw you in this title match. And oh, you're actually going to win it. Let's see if you can carry it. There was there was never a chance there. So it's on the right person. I just wish that that middle exchange hadn't happened. I'm a little torn because. I'm hesitant to change anything where maybe we didn't get exactly where we are with Tony Storm's character. Like that was the jumping off point with her losing the title to Sheeta. The problem is, is that, you know, Soraya won it and it, it just reeks of somebody was promised a world title when they signed a contract, in my opinion. Yeah. Very, very much so. I mean, in her own, in her home country, I'm assuming she's probably one of the highest paid women on the roster. So, yeah, the, the guarantees there were the reasons why. Politics. Definitely Is Sheeta, though, like a questionable choice to be the champion? I, I mean, I heard she's the right decision. Is she the right decision? I don't know. I mean, I thought it was kind of puzzling, to be honest with you. I don't sense any momentum behind her. She's a really good worker, but good hand you know, gave her the title back. She lost it immediately. We've talked about puzzling. Tony Storm didn't get it back. Um, I mean, some of this could play into people coming to the promotion, perhaps. Maybe Mercedes is coming in. You know, they do a Mercedes Sheeta match. Maybe that's why before they get it back to Tony. And then maybe they do uh, Mercedes and Tony down the line. Who knows? But I I don't know. I was I can't say I was totally shocked she won it. But like when she won it before, it was out of nowhere mm-hmm. because she had no steam at all. And I don't feel like she has much more steam right now, even though she's been back around, to be honest with you. But I guess if they if they wanted to make the title change and they're not going to put it on Tony, then it's not a ton of great options right now. Not even on the heel side either. They're really, yeah. I mean, Athena looks like she's going to be carrying that Ring of Honor Women's Championship forever. Because, I mean, you bring her in, you have her lose a title, you get her hot, her, her character is better as a heel anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to do it, but... And I'm trying to think of, oh, and we mentioned last show as well. Oh, by the way, Julia Hart's on her honeymoon. Yeah. So there's why she lost. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Momentum we didn't know halted. That when we reviewed the show, but yeah, she got married on the honeymoon. So, oh, congrats. So, yeah. So her, I, I, we hope that, but congratulations once again to her and Lee Johnson. Just, we hope that just get her back on track right away. Yeah. That's going to be important. Can't vault her into the world title picture just yet, but I think you can get it off, get that title off of Statlander, move her up to the to the main. Mm-hmm. It is weird if you assume that Mercedes is coming in, you would want to keep it on Soraya, right? Just for the kind of the you, 
Mercedes is going to come in with a pop and, you know, as a baby face. So why you wouldn't want her to take the title off of Soraya and instead of, I was kind of assuming she would play heel, but she is going to get that pop showing up for sure. I mean, she already did. She's just so much better. I, I kind of want her to work heel personally. Same. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Here's a ginormous hypothetical. What if Jade Cargill had re-signed with AEW and gotten all that money and then she gets vaulted into the world title picture? Would you think that would have been too soon to have her like be the one to take it off of Sheeta? Because then you have a dominant heel and you probably have a decent amount of faces to chase her. I mean, I don't know why she would have taken big money from AEW when she could debut on the pre-show of a, of a PLE with WWE ridiculous make a 15 second appearance on nxt as well jesus i don't know man that was that was bizarre to me when i saw they did that on their (laughs) pre-show laughable yeah um just just two more quick things from this dynamite show uh this is not because i dislike chris jericho i loved powerhouse hobbs you know semi squashing him obviously it's all going to depend on how this go goes forward with Hobbs. Jesse, you look like you're ready to say something. Michael Jenkinson, I'm going to appease you at this moment. Chris Jericho in 2023 has been tremendous for one reason and one reason only, and that he's been putting, oh, he's yeah, been getting pinned agree. a lot and at least trying to elevate people. I was hoping this squad, I was hoping this would have been about three minutes shorter. And Jericho maybe got like about a 10 second bit of offense because we've been waiting on this powerhouse Hobbs anything. I mean, yeah. he keeps stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. So hopefully this starts. And, you know, along the same lines, I thought the main event went way too long. I think Ed should have beaten Luchasaurus way quicker. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure he wanted to come in. And, and put on a clinic in front of these AEW fans show that he can go. And, you know, obviously Luchasaurus was just recently the TNT title. So it would have been a bad luck for him. But I mean, for fuck's sake, treat Adam Copeland like the star he is, you know, have him 10 minute match, you know, yeah. I, I, that was a little mind boggling. Did he look a little slow to you guys? Well, I mean, he's a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I said, guess he did ahead, some Ryan. new stuff. I mean, like the DDT to the outside, but yeah, it was it was way too long. I think that that accentuated the fact that he's a little slower for mm-hmm. sure to have him work a ten minute match, which wasn't wise. I mean, you almost think they should have opened the show with him or something instead of closing it. Yeah, yeah, but I guess you know how how it ended and everything. The visual was cool with Brian getting in there and, and coming out with the save so true and 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 most importantly you know the best thing going in professional wrestling christian cage (laughs) open the show by the way oh i love that opening i thought that was really good and really unique too yeah what'd you think about tony khan's uh tweets or whatever whatever the hell we're calling them now on x uh, let me put them on the screen. Let me share the screen here. We can just take a look at a couple of them. A couple of the greatest hits from old TK here. Here's one. Uh, this one was 10 hours ago as we record. Let me share it. This week, two active decades long <laughs> rating streaks from two great legends were ended. With all due respect, until this week's head to head AEW on TBS versus WWE on USA. Neither John Cena nor Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under 1 million total viewers and under 400K in the demo. All right. Well, I mean, Tony going troll mode on Twitter after the ratings loss here. Uh, I mean, what he said is true. I, I saw people pointing out, well, what about Edge and uh, under a million viewers? Lack of uh, self-awareness with that one, maybe. But do you guys have a problem with Tony's tirades? And this is one of, of many. He had the uh, the bald asshole tweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was going after people. I think I have to hold on. I know this is really big. I think I got to 
go to the all replies to see some of these greatest hits from TK here on the screen. Oh, some of these are gold. Oh boy, let's see. Great, great oh, radio content. I know this is <laughs> tremendous. I mean, he's screenshotting Snowboy for God's sakes. One of Kyle's all-time favorite follows. <laughs> this one we were watching. We were watching NXT Big Dog. Then I then I wasn't talking to you, and you don't even follow me. So why reply? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that Roderick Strong gif come from? I've yeah. never seen that before. It's probably the most emotion that he's ever displayed on a camera. <laughs> <laughs> um. And the, oh, yeah. go down to the Shawn Michaels. Go down to that. Oh, okay. Let's see here. It's only a couple more. Booker of the Actually, year. Actually, I'm at pretty his reply. sure that last night blew whatever chance he had at winning that award. Booker of the year. Shawn Michaels ain't had that much hair in a long time. <laughs> that was my first thought too, Jesus. Ryan. <laughs> it's 1995? You don't look like that. <laughs> wow. So he, here's the thing. It... it can you call it lame? Yeah, sure. It's a little lame. But it's funny. I mean, for the most part, the people getting upset about this, and even the people who aren't like us, we are grown men watching a show featuring grown men wrestling in their underwear <laughs> in just the most fantastical ways you can imagine. Like, to get upset about this kind of stuff is mind blowing. I mean, and plus I can only imagine if this kind of platform had existed in the eighties for Vince McMahon, he would have been doing the exact same shit, talking yeah. shit to all of the territory guys. I mean, all, I mean, not even just that, but he was doing dumb shit all the time. This is a carny, sport for a lack of a better word and tony's working it that way and all you people who are getting upset about it for some fucking reason clutching your pearls like it's a big fucking deal you're the ones who need to grow up honestly but like you all are engaging with him on twitter and guess guess what that's doing it's bringing more eyeballs to what he wants the eyeballs on He's doing these tweets and then he's promoting his shows. And, and, and I, you know, I see Mystico versus Rocky Romero. Well, shit, I guess I'm watching Rampage now. Holy shit. You know, I just, I don't understand with all the crap that goes on with professional wrestling that this is what gets you upset. Who cares? He's making fun of The Undertaker. Good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blue Lives Matter. Uh, anyways, I would like to see Triple H do some of this. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? I really would. Yeah. It's not beneath him. Look at the stuff he's done from 1995 now. Jeez, just, just come on. Okay, what it reminds me of or what it makes me think of is when Mark Cuban bought the Mavs. And, and this is uh. Tony Khan grew up a professional wrestling fan. I, I don't even know if Vince likes professional wrestling fan. I, I think he likes the spectacle of it. He likes making money from it. But when you talk about the in-ring stuff, I don't think he cares. And that's why like Tony Khan grew up on ring of honor and, and ECW, you know? So he's, he's a fan and that's why he gives us, you know, the, the majority of his shows are the in-ring stuff, you know, with a little bit of the razzle dazzle around it. Mark Cuban comes in and just shook up the entire owner system of how you're supposed to behave when you buy and watch a team. And, and I go ahead and make fun of it. That's fine. But it's coming from a place of love for the thing that we love. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. <laughs> I just I don't. People going on and on about how this is such a bad look because he's the head of the company and stuff. It's pro wrestling. Vince, I'm glad you brought up Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has done this kind of shit in public for decades. <laughs> Do you remember the Bob Costas interview on there HBO? Or 
How about this one? Let me just put this up on the screen. Are you digging up what I think you're going to? He took an ad out in the New York Times. If you're not watching the video and if you've never seen this, attention TBS stockholders. Does Ted Turner have a personal vendetta against the World Wrestling Federation? Time Warner beware. He's basically he's losing you stock money with the wrestling war. I mean, Petty, come on. Vince McMahon wrote the book on Petty. <laughs> I, I, I've seen I've seen people saying stuff about how Vince McMahon would never do this. These people must be about fucking 15 years old. Or have <laughs> zero, have the friggin' brain size of a bird. No memory whatsoever. This guy, again, he has done this for 40 years. What are we doing here? I I feel like I'm going crazy half the time because I see these people on social media that proclaim themselves to be pro wrestling experts. And they probably are teenagers or in their early 20s. And they have no fundamental understanding of the history of the business, which, by the way, we're going to talk about here in a little bit. They're probably really fucking confused about what they saw in that trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) seriously. Running nacho. You know how ridiculous you look if you say, Vince McMahon would never do this. (laughs) What? What are we talking about here? Vince McMahon probably secretly loves this shit. He probably loves the TKs doing this, to be honest with you. I I don't know. At the end of the day, our good friend, Andrew Zarian and Rich over in Mad Men, they say this all the time, and I'll just quote them. At the end of the day, it's billionaires fighting with billionaires. Mm. Who yep. cares? I don't yep. care. Let them do what they want. It doesn't impact my perception of the company whatsoever. Amen. They ran Nacho happen. Man and Huckster and Billionaire <laughs> oh Ted God. promos in oh the middle God. when they were getting their asses kicked every week in the 96 WCW WWF ratings. <laughs> I mean, oh there he was That's a, a great clear point. number two. Great it point. Was so bad. They were running segments on their television and people are pretending to get upset about a tweet. Come kiss on. my ass club. The Kiss My yeah. Ass Club <laughs> on national television. Why can't we have fun? Why Why can't no. Twitter or X or whatever the hell you want to call it, why can't it just be fun and just not an echo chamber for anger? Yeah. Because everyone's voice needs to be heard. Oh, <laughs> they really don't. No. It's okay to shut up, everybody. Shut up and enjoy it. It's pro wrestling. It's fun. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be petty. God. All right. I don't have anything else on that unless you guys do. Nope. All right. Lastly, speaking of what I just said we were going to be talking about next, the trailer for the Iron Claw. If you don't know who these guys are, the Von Erich brothers, 40 years ago, tearing it up in Texas at the Sportatorium. They're making a movie on it, or they already made a movie on it, and we finally got a glimpse of it in action. I think before this, what do we have? Like two pictures? Um, We had a report out of an early screening, which we talked about here on the show about two months ago. So if you want to hear that, go back into our archives. I think that's up on the SC Scoops YouTube channel um, in the clips section where we talked about what was coming out of that screening. And and basically the report out of the early screening of the film was that it was entertaining, kind of like the wrestling magazine version of the story. Didn't go as deep on some of the darker stuff as it could have. Talked about the actor portraying Ric Flair as maybe not doing such a great job. Um, but, you know, that was an early test screening. Things can change on how they cut it together. But there was also positives. So if you, if you check it out in the archives, you'll hear the positives as well. Um, good acting performances, of course, as some of the bigger stars in this movie as well. And boy, I got to say, I, I think I sent you guys that trailer immediately that morning. I saw it like 10 minutes after it was posted. I was on my way to work and I right before I went out the door, I was just browsing social media and I saw it posted and I immediately sent, I think you were the first two guys I sent it to. And man, I got goosebumps watching mm-hmm. <laughs> the trailer yeah. is so slick, so well put together. The music, of course, totally on point. I mean, in just the brief moments we see, I mean, they're recreated sportatorium with the fans going <sighs> in favorite part looked. Yeah. Looked tremendous. The wrestling scenes looked really good. Uh, I mean, like humorous, spots throughout it as well like the uh the kitchen the underwear i think it was david walking in in his underwear the moms mm-hmm. that wore pants next time that was funny 
Um, you know, you saw Fritz and being the overbearing father that we've always heard about. And we got some nods at the tragedy as well. Quick uh, clip, of one of the funerals and, uh, you know, Carrie kind of losing himself there. I am jacked to see this December 22nd, I think is the release date for this. If you haven't seen the trailer, check it out. I mean, I am such a huge fan of the bear. So to see Jeremy Allen White in this as Carrie Von Eric. Yeah, is awesome. Now. I guess was I think I was talking with Garrett Gonzalez and Ben Cruz about this, but like, all right, there is the issue that he's a pretty short guy and Carrie yes. was a big tall guy. I'm sure it's going to be fine because he's such a great actor, and probably mo- the general audience is not going to know that going in. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, his, his charisma will make up for yeah. the lack of size. Yeah. But I had I had the same thought. My in- initial thought, outside of just like you, I, I melted. But I almost thought like, oh, should Zach Efron and 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 him changed roles, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, given the little bit bigger star, bigger guy, the role of Carrie rather than I think it's because like the movie's told from Kevin's point of view, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. And so who Zach is portraying. And so I think they wanted the biggest name to be him, probably. But I mean Speaking of him, I mean, we've seen the pictures, but yeah, just jacked to the gills for this role. It's just crazy seeing Zach Efron looking like that. He did that for Baywatch, too. He's all of a sudden morphed from like teen heartthrob little dude to just jacked guy all of a sudden, like hitting yeah. the gym and maybe some Ico Pro, as some other folks would say, Get too. Some advice so. from Dwayne, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if we have, what was the movie with him and Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson? It was. Uh, gain uh, oh pain and gain pain and gain yeah yeah Dwayne was on a probably about a half dozen cycles for that movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah that trailer was awesome but 45 minutes I think after you sent that message Ryan my my brother sent it as well and I was like how did you even know about the Von Eriks he's like well you do realize I watched wrestling with you from like 80 from like birth until probably the attitude era ended so i I retained some information from you i was like i thought you only knew about carrie because even when i said mjf is playing a role by the way as the cousin he goes as life as lance von eric i'm like how did you know that (laughs) lance was like the very last guy i think like when world class was folding they were trying to pass the torch to yeah not actually a von eric yeah yeah like like the distant cousin right or something like that yeah yes i've been uh cautiously optimistic just because i mean in in the history of movies how many times has one based in the world of wrestling been good one is it the wrestler is that wrestler Mm -hmm. um but you know watching this trailer and how seriously they seem to be taking it. And some of the concerns I think coming out of the initial viewings were maybe they weren't as hard on Fritz. Uh, some of those concerns look to be, you know, alleviated by this trailer at least. And then you start thinking like, Oh, this is a a 24 movie. And you think about some of the movies that a 24 has put out ex machina moonlight, Lady Bird, everything, everywhere, all at once. The the previous uh, Oscar winner, you know, Uncut Gems is a fantastic movie. Midsummer, I mean, this is a studio that is uh, the kind of when they when their logo pops up on a movie, I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to be in for a treat here. Kind of like back in the old days with like Dimension, when you see Dimension pop up on a movie, it's like, okay, all right, let's go. And so you think about the studio and then you look at the cast, you know, and it's like, and the dad, the, the guy who plays Fritz, whose name escapes me at the moment. I, I love that guy. He was amazing in, uh, oh crap, the David Fincher show on Netflix. Uh, but he is excellent. I mean, this, this cast, the studio, the way it looks to been shot. I am really, I'm almost scared how hyped I am for this movie. Is Mindhunter the show? Mindhunter. Thank you. 
So what you're saying is this is cinema. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah, I I couldn't be more excited. I Justin, we're probably gonna have to go together. Maybe Jesse oh, can come yeah. down. It's December. It depends on depends on the weather. It's on but, a it opens on a Friday. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to see this one together. I'm probably gonna go to the opening show almost for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, is, yeah, is I was. Are you off Christmas break? Um, that's probably our last day. I I assume. So I mean, going that night would be fine. Yeah. I gotta check. Maybe we have that day off. I'll have to check the I'll have to check the calendar. But yeah, I, I will be off after that for about a week and a half. So there will be time to see it. Repeat viewings, perhaps. I I was sending this. I sent my dad the trailer. <laughs> Made my wife watch it. Was explaining the Von Erics to her. Uh, God. And also, by the way, Von Erics, we did a really good edition of classics almost a year ago now. Uh, mm-hmm. Last November on the Patreon page. This one was just Kyle and myself. Mm-hmm. Did Did you nominate that show, Jesse? Thanksgiving Star Wars. No, I want to say Gabe Benson did. Okay, yeah, because he, so longtime patron of the show, Gabe, he's been on Top Rope Nation Extra before. He lived in Texas during that era and got to go to some world-class shows. And uh, yeah, he had nominated, that's right. But we reviewed world-class Thanksgiving Star Wars 83, and that was a really good classic. So if you're a patron, go back into the archives. Like I said, myself and Kyle, that was a show. They had that at the Reunion Arena in Dallas, Carrie, Versus Michael Hayes and a lo- loser leaves town cage match. Kevin and Terry Gordy, David and Kamala, uh, Chris Adams and Jimmy Garvin on that show. We were just fawning all over world class <laughs> throughout that whole two hour episode. That was a really fun one. I'd like to do more world class on classics, to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah, good stuff. That was in my rotation when I was like at the 87, 88s. They would show it on ESPN. Yeah, I would be watching that too. Good stuff. Yeah, I think that'd be a great nomination for December would be the, what was that? The Kerry Von Eric Ric Flair title match where yeah. Michael Hayes turned on him, mm-hmm. which started this whole thing that you covered in 83. Yes, indeed. We need more, more world class, especially with this movie coming out. We got to dip into the world class archive for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Let us know your thoughts. We uh, have a discussion on in the Facebook group on this Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling discussion. You can join the group as well. Any other thoughts on that, fellas? Just excitement, man. It yeah. looks great. I, I'm I'm relieved by the trailer. Same. I was hoping it wouldn't look like small time and amateur. Yes. It doesn't. It yes. looks big and beautiful. Big and beautiful. (laughs) Beaming with joy. (laughs) Yes, indeed. All right, guys. That's oh, we hit everything. Almost exactly an hour. This was fun. Made it through. My voice doesn't feel any worse than when we went on the air. Hopefully tomorrow morning I can talk. We'll see. (laughs) It's Friday. I think you're gonna be okay. You get the weekend to recover. True. Very true. Just be sitting on my ass watching football all weekend. Be fine. Guys, thank you for your support. As always, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching us on SC Scoops right now, we have our own YouTube channel as well that you should subscribe to. Search Top Rope Nation for that. We're really, really close to 1,000 subs. Would appreciate that as well. Uh, Thanks to the patrons. As I said, if you're listening on the podcast feeds, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. It helps out a lot. Leave us a written review. It's been a really long time since uh, we have had a written review and would appreciate that as well. Um, If we had any super chats tonight, I would thank them, but we didn't have any super chats come in, unfortunately. So I'd like to thank myself for doing this show. (laughs) You are all very welcome for that. Barry Horowitz, give yourself a a slap on the back. (laughs) Yeah, man. All right. So Justin, Jesse, it's been a blast. Any parting words? Doesn't look like it. No, I'll hold. I'll hold till after we're off the air. Okay. That's what that's when the real that's when the real drama goes down, right when we go off the air. Don't you wish you could be a fly on the wall for those conversations? Speaking of that, you know what I think we need to bring back for the patrons is the the Zoom hangouts. We used to do those mm-hmm. like once a quarter. Yes. It's been a while. Guys, if you want us to do those again, let us know. Put it in the in the Facebook group. But I think it'd be a lot of fun, you know, do some kind of happy hour on there or something and and talk with everybody, get all the patrons on the line. So Ooh, what, if we, what if we watch it. something all together? Ooh, even better. Watch I the never, world class. 
There we mm-hmm. go. I wow. never participated in one of the Zoom hangouts, but when we did the, was it the playback app? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, did a few of those. That was fun as well. Yeah, we got to bring this back. Good way to connect with all of you out there. So stay tuned for that. Get in the Facebook group or become a patron. We'll be posting the links and a schedule for those coming up as well. So with that said, this has been episode 313 of Top Rope Nation. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself.